Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. I'm super excited that we have Josephine at Lurie here, meditation and fertility expert. In this episode, we talk about the need for morning and evening mindfulness practice. We also talk about IVF adoption and surrogate birthing and to know which practice is best for your fertility journey. Thanks for being here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. I'm super pumped about today's guest. We have Josephine at Lurie. Josephine, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited for today's conversation. Me as well. And I would love to really dive in right away and talk about mindfulness and fertility and a little bit about your background that brought you here. Yes, absolutely. So you know, as I look back on my fertility journey, I didn't have meditation as a resource back then. It was some 15 years ago, and I really wish that I had because I feel like I would have been able to resolve a lot of the trauma that I experienced in a healthier way instead of having it just sort of add up and build up and then come out in surprising ways over the course of the rest of my life, even when I thought I was already happy and had the kids. And so that is my passion today, is bringing this to women who are currently going through their own fertility journeys and be, being able to use mindfulness and meditation as one of the strategies in their toolkit to help them deal with all the ups and downs of doing, whether it's IVF, adoption, surrogacy, and by the way, those are all three things that I used and did in my own journey to create my family of five kids. So I feel like I can really help women and men uh, approach their own specific journeys, and they're all different, but there's this underlying similarity to all of it of feeling alone, feeling frustrated, uh, starting to lose oneself in the process and lose one's self-worth in it. And with the benefit of meditation and mindfulness, you really can tap in to that inner calm that you have and use that to help you ride the waves of this very, what can be a traumatic journey and experience. So you have five children. How did they come into your life? So after trying out IVF for a few years, we pivoted to adoption because we had many cycles that failed. We under we went through a few miscarriages. And I was honest in that I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. And so we had always wanted to adopt as well as part of our family story. And so we decided about three or four years into it that it was time to pursue that option. We adopted our first son in Kazakhstan. And then after about having him home for about a year, uh, we decided, you know what, we feel ready to try IVF again. And we did. And I carried a set of twins boy and girl that um, 
that are now 11. <laughs> and then wow. in that process, we, we had a lot of embryos. You know, we were super lucky. I was younger that we were able to freeze. And every year we get this letter asking us what we want to do with them. And I literally put my blood, sweat, and tears into creating these embryos that even though I couldn't carry them, we wanted to figure out a way to do that, hopefully one day. And after a few years, the opportunity presented itself and we decided to work with this amazing surrogate. And so we have a second set of um, four-year-old boys. And that's how we came about having five kids. And hence, I always joke, that's why I need to be a meditation teacher because I need to be the calm center in the eye of the storm amidst all the chaos in the house. That is incredible. So you have done adoption, IVF, and surrogate. And I mean, this is a common conversation in my house. My mom was adopted. My fiance is a, uh, his mom did IVF and he's a twin. So we talk about fertility all the time. And even with my clients, like in the spiritual business coaching world, we talk about fertility all the time. You're birthing a business into the world, but also, yeah. I have a lot of clients going through IVF. Um, I have a lot of clients who get pregnant while they're working with me as well, which I think is really oh, fun. Amazing. Nice. So of all those three different avenues of children coming into your life, I can just imagine how different the emotional charge is with each one. Yes. I like how you bring that up. They definitely were different in many ways, but very similar in this loss of control. In IVF, you let go of control in terms of how the science will work and you're at the mercy of the doctors. With the adoption process, you're at the mercy of the country that you're working with if you're doing international, which we did, and that in-country experience and the adoption agency that you're working with. And then with surrogacy, not only do you have that same lack of control because of science, because of the IVF process, but then you're also letting go of control to another person that you don't know. And so it's even more magnified. And I say that this has been, I think it was a lesson that I really needed to learn in life was this idea of letting go because that is what... I had to keep doing over the course of this 13 year journey it was this constant idea of letting go of control what I thought I could control and learning to be flexible and just learning how to tap into what I could control, which is how eventually it came about creating that the, my podcast about my fertility journey called responding to life because uh, that is where I just sort of bring it all to center and comparing all these different journeys, but then talking about how what we do have this control over is our response to life and our breath and our our mindset of choosing positivity or negativity. And so those are all the lessons that I learned from from the different you know, different paths that we took to having kids. And do they all get along? Do they have different needs from just because they came from adoption or surrogate or IVF? Yes. Yeah, so it is a blended family, very di like 
uh, extreme sense. And they do have different needs, but a part of that is also because of age. You know, our adopted son is 13, so he's starting the, the tumultuous teen years, but he does have his like adoption related questions that all children, you know, who come from that background do. And then our IVF twins, they're, you know, they're 11, so they're getting out of that like kid phase and starting to morph into preteen. But, and then the surrogate or children born out of surrogacy, we have a very open dialogue right from the beginning about how everyone was created and brought into this family. And so we've started, we've started the conversation with them. And it's funny because they're in that constant questioning phase, whether or not they're fully processing it. And so, yes, everyone has their, their own needs, definitely. And, but one thing that, like I mentioned, that stays true is this open dialogue about how families are created in different ways. But the underlying theme is love. We're all bound together by love. Amen. That's so beautiful. And do you have a connection to the surrogate mother? Does she play a role in your blended family? She stays in touch and we, she sends us, we send her pictures. Um, She's our angel. I always refer to her as that. And every time, every time the boys have a birthday, she's in my mind. Um, So you know, she has her own family, but uh, she definitely has a special place in her heart and vice versa. So you have four boys and one girl. Yep. <laughs> wow. What a princess. Yes. yes. But she's tough because she has to deal with all the boys, which is yeah. great. Yep. Oh, that's amazing. So how do you do it? How do you stay calm? You're an entrepreneur. You're, you have five kids. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, how do I stay calm? Well, I'll tell you, the meditation definitely helps. And that's so that's no joke. And I use that at the bookends of my day to really center myself and and just be present. Because a lot of times being an entrepreneur, your mind is just constantly racing about all the different things that you have to do. And back before I wasn't doing my own thing and I was working for a company, I it's funny when I look back, I don't really remember being present. And so sure, I was right there, you know, playing with them. But the memories from back then and not being present to the memories that I have now, after I've learned how to use meditation and being aware of the present moment and being grounded, that the memories are very different. They're just more vivid and more appreciative of the moment because I was able to not so much compartmentalize, but be able to be witness to what's happening at that time. And then like like I'm always teaching in meditation, allowing whatever else is floating in my mind to just float back out and to be addressed later at a later time that I've set for myself. And I always make sure to set they're flexible, but to set moments in my day where I take care of my business, where I'm spending quality time with the kids so that I don't feel as frustrated because I haven't gotten to something. At least having an idea of when I'll be able to get to it gives me a greater sense of calm. 
and allows me to be in that moment because I know that at some point I'll be able to get to it in my day. So that's really, that's how I approach things and it works. Absolutely. And also meditation has radically transformed my life and, you know, I'd be nothing without my practice and it doesn't, Mm -hmm. like if you're listening and you've heard about meditation being useful over and over and over again, may this be the time that it really lands and you remember that there's a tool out there that's completely free and all you need is your breath and a space where you can calm and allow this to be the time that you really bring meditation into your regular your regular everyday life. And I always love to ask other meditators, what is your specific practice? So it sounds like every morning and every evening, what is the specific practice you use? So in the morning, typically right about when I get up, but you know, I'm super flexible about it because of the kids. And so I do 20 minutes, about 20 minutes in the morning and then 20 minutes at the end of the day. And what happens is once the little kids go to sleep, it's really like the second part of the day has started for me. We call that the witching hour. And so, you know, they go to sleep and then it's time for me to interact with my husband and my older kids. And I want to be really fresh and present for that. So I use that 20 minutes as a reset. And it really varies in terms of the type of meditation that I'll do. It I I gauge how I'm feeling in that moment. And certain days I really need I really need some extra help in that I will go to some of my favorite guided meditations on an app and have some of my favorite teachers lead me through a very specific meditation. And other days, I just want to sit in silence and just be, and then just let that feeling come to me. And so I, you know, that's, and that's how I advise other people as well, is to, to go with the flow and see how you're feeling, see what you need, be honest with yourself, and then go into that experience, not being afraid to ask for help, whether that's through a teacher, a guide, or even an app. Uh, knowing what you need and seeking that out and then and then not judging the, the experience. Hi, everyone. Are you unlocking your full potential? We pause this episode to make sure that you have a meditation and mindfulness routine that supports your highest potential, increase productivity, lower your stress levels, and improve your sleep. This is why we created the Spiritual Intelligence Quiz. Join thousands of others that have taken this 30-second quiz to help them find a meditation routine best for their personality type. You are unique. Your meditation practice should be too. Go to erinracheldapelt.com slash quiz or head over to my homepage to check it out there. Again, it's erinracheldapelt, E-R-I-N-R-A-C-H-E-L, D-O-P-P-E-L-T dot com forward slash quiz to take the quiz today. See you there and enjoy the rest of the episode. So uh, the witching hour happens after the little ones go to sleep and I feel that I need to reset and get present for my husband and my older children. And that's who I spend time with in the second half of my day. And then I also squeeze in work in the second half of my day once everyone's asleep. So having that evening meditation 
is really crucial for me. And in that moment, I try not to go in with certain expectations of what should happen. I, for myself and for my students, I'm always guiding them to be as flexible as possible and to allow the moment to just unfold for them and not being afraid to seek out help when they need it, whether that's through an app or a teacher, just knowing and being honest with yourself about what you need in that moment and then going for it. And so those are essential parts of my day, doing that morning and that evening meditation so that I can really optimize my performance for the day. Absolutely. And I love how you're talking about more of a silent seated still practice or mindfulness practice. I teach a lot of active meditation, um, Kundalini, Kalori, like heavy vinyasa, and then kind of all of this prepares for more of that silent seated magic. And it's so important to have the integration of both and really to show up for the morning and the evening because we're different people throughout the day and we got to shift and just recognize how am I even reacting in and out Mm -hmm. throughout the day. And I really want to talk to you. I'm thinking of like three of my clients in particular. How does one choose between, I mean, fertility is a huge conversation. And like, even on this podcast, we talk about the birth control pill a lot. We talk about synthetic estrogen and progesterone and the negative side effects it causes the body. And even just personal relationships. I have so many friends struggling with fertility because of the birth control pill and being on it for so long. So how does somebody choose between IVF, adoption, or surrogate? That's a great question. And typically people, you know, it depends on their circumstance. I feel that at least in my own situation, I was led to one path because another one didn't work out. And, or else we're limited by by what we can afford. But we're also limited by what we really can handle. And that is one of the things that I advise my clients to do with fertility is to really take that moment and several moments to be honest with yourself. And the best way is to sit in in meditation and to really feel and allow things to come up organically for you of what it is you really want, what your heart truly desires and what you can really handle. Because, you know, especially going through the journey over the course of many years, you have to be honest with where you're at in in that part of your journey. Because the person I was at the very beginning definitely was not the person I was when I was ready to switch over to adoption. I, I wanted to I wanted to be the one to conceive a child. I wanted to fulfill what I thought at that time was this label that I set on myself of being a woman who produces a child because my body is supposed to be able to do that. But after going through that journey for many years and all the cycles that failed and miscarriages, you change as a person and your goals change and what you're willing to to do and and all those things evolve and so it really takes you know throughout your journey take moments to sit 
and understand where you're at. And really that goes with just life in general and how you evolve as a person, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you know, things are constantly changing with your business. So you need to be able to pivot, but pivot after having done some inner work and doing some introspection of where you see yourself and what it is that you really want for yourself. And that, like I said, goes for fertility as well. Beautiful. What are some questions that we can ask ourselves when we're deciding between really the three options? One of them is what can I really handle? So each of those different paths come with, you know, repercussions of what it means to raise that child. So for example, you know, as, as your mother, you said was, um, she was adopted. So, you know, there are certain life situations that will come up for any adopted child of, of understanding their background and their roots. Are you, do you feel that you can honestly handle the situations that will come up with raising an adopted child? So that's a question. And then if you're pursuing surrogacy, asking yourself the hard truth, hard question of, can I really handle giving up control to another person that I don't know? Am I able to sit on the sidelines of this process and be more like a, a partner? And so those are, those are some of the hard questions of just really what it comes down to is what can I handle? What can I handle? And I think that's a good reflection question every day to even check into what can I handle today? What's on my plate? How am I going to react or be calm or mindful throughout the day? Josephine, if your words went viral and you could share wisdom with women around the world, what would you share with these, with these women? I would share that I would advise people to just let it go. You know, one of my favorite quotes is when I let go of who I am, I become what I might be. And that for me has kind of been representative of what my journey has looked like, both in fertility as well as in in business for myself and through other people. And when you let go of all these labels of yourself and what you expect in your life, then you can really just blossom into all the possibilities. And you're no longer weighed down to all these notions and expectations that maybe other people have set for you that you've just you've just grasped onto over the course of your life. And now you kind of have this open playing field and it's amazingly freeing. It takes a lot of work to get there, of course, but once that is available to you, the world is, is just so beautiful and open and you can pursue your passions and live in that moment, which is so fantastic. That does sound fantastic. Where can we find you? You can find me on my website, which is jatlurie.com. It's A-T-L-U-R-I. And also on Instagram at Josephine R. Atlurie. And on both of those uh, locations, you'll see signups for fertility workshops, fertility meditations, and also just daily inspiration. Beautiful. Josephine, thank you so much for being here.
Thank you so much. This was so wonderful. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being a Wise Woman podcast listener. We are really here to serve you, to share wisdom, truth, and authenticity. May this be your time to shine. We really are here to encourage you to radically show up. Please comment below which rituals help you stay calm, centered, present, and allow you to show up for your great work. Let us know what resonates with you in this episode. As always with podcasts, we need high rating subscribers and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with women all around the globe. So please, if you like us, we like you to comment, subscribe, rate us. We truly love to hear from you. Please email me hello at erinrachel.pelt.com. If you want to connect with me, it's hello at Aaron, E-R-I-N-R-A-C-H-E-L-D-O-P-P-E-L-T.com. Let me know what's on your heart and we can connect there. Thank you so much for being here.